Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. Hello, we are back. Episode 60 marks the start of season 6, and we have so much to update you all on. We originally wanted to bring back ABG with a new format, video... But of course, with our current world state, we decided to push back production and save that for a later time. We also just couldn't wait to come back and connect with you all again. But season six is already very special to us. We have some big news. I think we need a drum roll here. Ready? (laughs) We We quit quit our jobs! (laughs) This is the season where all three of us no longer have full-time jobs. Yes, we are all currently fun employed, not tied down to any other uh, nine to five. And we'll take this episode to share with you all a little bit about how that came to be. Just a bit of background for those of you who are just joining us. The concept of this podcast first started when we bought our mics off Amazon on February of 2017. Our first episode aired on September 2017, which if you think about it, that's like seven months to get out one episode. So nothing happens overnight. It took <laughs> us a while. We then incorporated into an LLC February 2019, and now it's a year later. Um, we are six seasons in. This is just the beginning of season six, and this is episode 60. As we mentioned in episode 55, the year of ABG, we talked about how we saw an upsurge in events. We hosted an off-the-mic event. We had a bunch of speaking engagements um, at colleges and companies, with one of the highlights being invited to speak at the LA Women's Conference. We also secured a number of companies that were interested in partnering with us. Um, check out asianbossgirl.com partnerships to get unique codes just for you. And we hit 2 million downloads. We've been exceeding that off season too, which is super exciting. And through all of this time, we have been doing this while still holding down our full-time jobs. Um, so we were going through all of these experiences with the events and working with partnerships and more kind of responding on a 
reactive way versus being able to be proactive. Um, we did start working with brands, but mostly through fan reach outs, like our good friend Mary. Shout out to Mary. Woo, Mary. <laughs> We're getting us some hookups and deals. And with more of the time, we started realizing that we had to start declining opportunities because of our schedules. You know, when we started this, it was really a passion project. And slowly over the last year, we started making some income. Uh, but really, it was just to be able to pay for the basic ABG related expenses. It wasn't really even enough to pay ourselves or, you know, be able to grow ABG further. But, you know, we started wondering if we were able to put full effort into ABG, where could we take it? So that's where we are now. Uh, we see a lot of potential, but are still majorly in building phase. Um, and this might sound like it's kind of a dream story where we all actively decided to quit our jobs to specifically pursue our passion project. But that's not quite the story. So why don't we give a little bit of context or background as to how all three of us became, ooh, it's a scary word, unemployed. Yeah. Let's start. Let's start with your story, Janet. Yes. Yeah. Well, this ain't my first rodeo. I've been <laughs> fun employed many times. Uh, but yeah, like I, I've kind of talked about this in a couple of previous episodes, but I left my job actually last year in 2019, which now feels like a million years ago, even though, even though it was only four months ago. It's a job that I, I left uh, deliberately just because prior to that job, I was at another company for many years and was going to try something a little bit different, uh, still in the same line of UX work, but just in a different kind of more of a consulting agency setup, kind of realized in my eight months there that it just was not a good fit for me. So after a lot of deliberation, I decided that um, I was going to quit the job and take a little bit of time off to reassess before applying to other uh, UX related jobs. I had kind of like a rough timeline for myself of maybe taking like three months off or so. Um, but there wasn't really like a hard jumping back point, so to speak. Um, of course, though, when I had time off, you know, especially during the December, January time, I naturally started spending more of my time working on ABG stuff. Um, so the activity kind of just just because we had work that we could do. Um, so it kind of naturally picked up in that way. Um, so that's. A little bit of my backstory. What about you ladies? Yeah, Helen. Oh, man. Oh, I feel like my career path definitely looked different from Janet's. Um, this was was my first rodeo. Um, <laughs> Welcome so to the rodeo. Me, <laughs> me quitting my job, I feel like, has been such a shock for so many people, um, including myself. To be honest, I didn't intentionally leave my job to pursue ABG full-time. I think throughout my career, um, which for those of you who don't know, was at a big four accounting firm. I had always questioned what else I could be doing. Even as a staff one going through my first busy season, having consistent 15 plus, 20 plus hour days, almost every day um, from November through April for almost a decade of my life, really does make you question if this is the life you were destined for. And I always knew that for the period of time that I felt I was there for a purpose, because as tough as some of those days were, I could sort of feel my like growth, right? Mm -hmm. My intentions for being there were, very strong. I wanted to succeed. I liked building my business acumen. I liked confidently managing a project from beginning to end, um, involving my team, presenting to partners, clients getting it out the door. I get a certain like thrill from problem solving, as nerdy as that sounds, but I liked how much I learned in such a short period of time. And from that job, I also got to live and work in India and Spain for three months at a time, which was amazing. And I've met some of the smartest, most supportive people I've ever met at this company strong, empathetic female partners that I want to emulate um, and also lifelong mentors. Shout out to Chris if you are listening. But all of that to say, um, I definitely got stuck into a system. 
I think corporate companies with hierarchy can really like suck you in if you don't know how to challenge or build boundaries for yourself. And even if you could, most of the people that are hired are mostly, you know, like overachievers and no one wants to be an underperformer. So it becomes a really difficult system to get out of because, you know, no one wants to fail. Um, So if you were to ask me, you know, at what point did I really first start thinking about leaving my job? If you remember from episode 54, where we reviewed our year in 2019, I was going for a promotion and I did not get that promotion. And I want to get into more detail about this at some point, but just to summarize without saying too much, it became known that one person essentially held my promotion back. And at no point throughout the year was her feedback or her intentions for not supporting my promotion transparent. So I had no idea. And it was almost like a real like slap in the face. It really sucked. Mm -hmm. And I think something that I've realized about myself is that I hate bad systems. When there's a flaw in a system that you've put all of your trust into, and for someone in a position of power in that system to do something um, for you not to trust them, nor the like whole system, suddenly like nothing matters. And my therapist always tells me that that's black and white thinking, but like I can't, I just like can't stand for that. But that became the first time I decided that, you know, I don't want to work for her ever again. But it kind of felt like a blessing in disguise too, because I decided to take my mental health seriously. At a job like a big four, it's very easy to just go, go, go and sort of just forget about yourself. And I'd already done that for almost like half my life, a third of my life, really. So I started to carve out time to see a therapist. And I do hope one day to talk more about the details of my struggles on this podcast. But for now, I'll just say that after weeks, months of therapy, I decided that my values had changed a lot. One thing that was a big takeaway for me through therapy is just how important it is to know your values. And this goes deep into knowing what your values were as a kid or teenager or even an adolescent. So for me, it was 100% cultural. I have immigrant parents who came to this country with not much to their name. I was taught to take care of my family and the value of being able to support one another and subconsciously the value of money. I wanted to work hard so that I could make money to support myself and not like just have a man take care of me, you know, and to support my parents too. And this also falls into the category of like filial piety, which is a Confucian Chinese Buddhist and Taoist ethic. And I realized through therapy that that was no longer really my value because I had saved enough over the past 10 years to support myself and I'd saved enough to support my parents if they ever needed it. So one thing that I did in therapy is to Google a list of core values cut out each of them into its own piece of paper and sort of just organize it on the ground based on its order of importance to you. And that way you can sort of visually see what your values are. So my top values now are family and friends, still inner peace, growth. I always want to be learning health, putting myself first, faithfulness, which has always been a value for me, humility and purpose, this innate feeling that life is short and I do want to have a bigger purpose in life. So focusing on values of like inner peace, growth, health, and purpose. I decided to quit my job at the beginning of March. And it kind of just so happened that ABG was the next most obvious thing to work on. So I'm definitely in a place now where I'm ready to build towards my own vision, our vision, instead of, you know, someone else's. But yeah, that's my long-winded backstory of how I got to where I am today. Thank you so much for sharing, Helen. That was awesome. We've seen you kind of live through it, and we've lived through it with you. But um, it was it's a nice summary and a reminder of everything that's happened in the last couple of months, huh? Yeah, it's been a long time. And I, I always knew that this episode was coming up, too, to just, like, 
talk about the details of it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I gave a good summary of just everything that's been going on. But I, I think it's important to be transparent with our listeners um, about what's going on in our lives and not just go from straight from like, quit our jobs and here we are, but just like the nuances and the details of sort of getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you did a great job summarizing and I feel like all the stuff you, you put in the work and set a good foundation to really help like build yourself up individually and also to, you know, to help pursue and push this vision forward. Thanks ladies. I definitely needed your support too. Like your guys' support has meant the world to me, but Mel Mel, how about you? Hello. Uh Okay, I guess I could give you guys my contacts and background story. So um, last year, the year of 2019, was the year I started a new job at a company called Jubilee Media. And to a lot of people and to myself, this really was like a dream job because I finally was able to work in social media for a YouTube company that I truly believed in. I started in March, but at the end of 2019, I actually stepped down from my role of head of community because... The role of head of community at this company, you are automatically part of this executive board team called leadership, which means that you're also helping the team determine what are the next steps as a company. Not only are you doing that, but you're also balancing the job of head of community, your current role. At that time, ABG was starting to ramp up a little bit and we're getting more you know, activities and events. And I just honestly just couldn't manage everything anymore. Because being part of leadership, it required me to really think about Jubilee kind of nonstop after working hours. And I actually needed that time after I clocked out to really think about ABG. Because, you know, we still we still met up every week. I still had my responsibilities for ABG. And I just felt like there's a moment at work where I kind of feel like I was like a mother and I had two children pulling at me. And at the same time, I always saw ABG as my child. Jubilee was like, I don't know, like a, maybe like a... I feel like I was taking care of someone else's child to be completely mm-hmm. transparent, even though I loved I loved the company and everything. But I stepped down in leadership because I feel like, you know, this is time to really give proper time to my baby. But due to the nature of me stepping down from leadership, that also meant that I'm stepping down from the role of head of community. So I changed my role from head of community to social media manager and community manager and just kind of rode that wave. During this time, though, um, I was very transparent with Jason, our CEO, and he's been extremely supportive. So I felt like we were we were having a really open conversation of like just the nature of my title. Fast forward to early 2020, you know, in episode 55, the year of ABG, one of my personal goals I said is that I wanted to embrace the entrepreneur role because talking to a lot of my friends who are entrepreneurs are really encouraging me that like, you know, Mel, you are an entrepreneur, get them embrace that's who you are. And I was like, man, like, you're all right. I always saw ABG as like a side project, a side gig, you know. I feel like an entrepreneur is something that's part of your DNA. But I'm starting to embrace and accept that is part of who I am. At the same time, as I'm embracing this entrepreneur role, my role at Jubilee was starting to shift. After like having a lot of transparent conversations with Jason and with myself, I came to realize that, you know, the role of community at Jubilee was something that I wasn't really truly 100% passionate about. I am truly am passionate about social media. And at that time, I feel like I was able to build up social media to be what it is and at Jubilee and have my intern really just run and go with whatever she wants with it. So shout out to Steph. She's amazing. She's like our intern at Jubilee. So she's doing a fantastic job. But the nature of what's happening, though, is that I was no longer needed at a company. And it's, it sounds a little unfortunate, but at the same time, I totally understand being a startup, being a business, being a digital media company that it's a supply and demand, right? Like Mm -hmm. I felt like at that time, like my job naturally kind of just shifted and evolved to something that wasn't needed anymore. And we had a lot of conversations with Jason and he was just super supportive. He's like, Mel, you know, like maybe this is a time, like, I know it sounds like kind of sad, but I feel like I want to ask you like as a friend, like I feel like deep down ABG is something you want to pursue and like, that's what you truly care about. And I really want to support you on that endeavor, you know? And so 
I think it really helps me to have like long honest conversations with Jason to support me because at the end of the day like he's my friend and he's also an entrepreneur and he just really believed in what we were building because he's also our friend too and so you know it was like a really bittersweet feeling leaving Jubilee because like I also accepted like you know what like I think it's time for me to leave it was hard because like I found a team that I truly, truly loved. Like everyone there is amazing. They're so hardworking, passionate. It just everyone there had a big heart, you know, and it was a team that I truly cared about. It felt like a relationship. And I said this to Jason, I was like, I felt like we're in a relationship right now where everything was working really well and we were driving. But right now due to timing and due to just like our needs, we're, we are no longer needed in each other's lives. Mm. And that's how I saw my relationship with my job there. Mm. It was just time to move on. And like I was definitely crying. So... It just, it was a weird moment for me too. I'm like, I'm sad, but I'm also excited. And right after that like meeting, I literally messaged Helen and Janet. And I was like, yeah, so I think I'm out of a job. <laughs> and then they're like, are you okay? Whatever. I think Helen was free. So she called me in the car. And I was like kind of crying because I, I felt like I was like being broken up with or like going through a breakup. And she was like, you know, you don't sound that sad though, to be honest. <laughs> it sounds like you're more excited. <laughs> was that the right thing to say? I don't know. <laughs> No, but it's true that I was like kind of like I'm sad because like I'm mourning a loss of a really good mm-hmm. relationship, but then yeah. I'm excited for what's to come. Yeah, and I never actually yeah. had a moment like that because most of my breakups never happened that way. <laughs> mm. Well, there's a first for everything, I guess. ABG is your first experience of that. ABG is definitely a relationship. I feel that <laughs> so hard. Yeah, because I know how much you like loved that job too, and especially getting yeah. to be in a leadership position so quickly too. Um, after you joined the company and doing such a good job at growing their numbers and even like the team like you would share with them a lot of like secretive things that you only share with us right yeah but it's like you, you built really good relationships with them so I feel like it was a really hard decision for you to make but yeah I, like I'm friends with Jason too and I think it's so cool that he supported you yeah um, and in thinking that ABG could become a much bigger thing too I think it definitely requires an immense amount of maturity to be able to have those open conversations with your boss and mm-hmm. everything that you would share with Helen and myself I was like wow I'm really like impressed with how openly you guys are dealing with this mm-hmm. and it, it just feels so I mean, that's the best way to handle a relationship. So. Yeah. yeah. Jason's always like, you know, like, I, he's like, I want to truly believe that Jubilee, like, we support good people. And we always want to yeah. make sure that you guys, like, we want to, like, be able to, like, have them for a little bit and maybe train mm-hmm. them and have them part of our family and let them go when it's time to, like, let them go. So, Mel, it sounded like your transition from out of job into EBG happened very organically, very naturally. And they were almost, like, simultaneous right? Like you had a natural desire to kind of like want to go in. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say timing was very uncanny because I remember on the phone with Helen, she's like, isn't it weird though? Like, cause Helen j- was just about to put in her two weeks. Like yeah. everything was lining up weirdly. And I'm just like, it's kind of like when one relationship ends, it's kind of time to bring up another one. And I felt like it really was like the universe telling me like, Mel, maybe this is the right time. Cause I never really wanted to leave Jubilee. I didn't. And yeah. I think just that timing just kind of lined up and maybe it was meant to be for this time to work on ABG. Yeah. I keep saying that it's like almost like divine intervention because Janet, you were already not working for about a month or so. And then like for me, it wasn't, I was not thinking to myself like, oh yeah, pursue ABG full time, but it's just more circumstantial and given everything that was happening I was like okay I think it's right for me to just at this time focus on my health and put myself first for once in my life really and that just lined up naturally to Mel calling me and saying oh I think I'm leaving my job too I'm like what (laughs) that's crazy yeah but yeah some divine weird intervention here guys 
Yeah. So, you know, speaking of, you know, the big question, um, how did you know you want to leave your job or pursue ABG full time? Um, I think, Janet, you had the most time to really think about this because you were actually putting in like 50% of your time, I think, starting November after you left your current job to think about this. So I guess what was your thought process during that time? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think my the reason why I emphasize, Mel, your situation being so like kind of transitionless in the sense that you're leaving your job was almost tied into wanting to do ABG full time. For me, it was a little bit different. Um, so our listeners, if you've listened to our past episodes, might know that I have uh, switched careers multiple times. For me, this was like leaving the job was not challenging, but deciding to go uh, full time into ABG, I had to think very thoroughly about this, right? And it was not something that I would like sought decisively to do like I'm going to quit my job to go into do and you know go in go full-time into into working on ABG but it was something I responded to in a million little asks so instead of a sweeping decision it was like one small consideration or decision and then another small consideration or decision and just kind of like following the opportunities kind of like how we were giving the background of how everything's been kind of just building up the major factors that I really needed to think through and I think for me it may be relevant to say that because I've switched careers multiple times I have had what I would consider successful switches and also unsuccessful switches so I've been burned by this fire a little bit or knocked off the bull of the rodeo whatever the if we were keeping through <laughs> through with that analogy a couple of times Um, And so the two things that I really uh, wanted to think about was, is this something that I really want to do full time? Like, is this something I'm ready to commit to? And then also, is this something that I can do full time? Meaning understanding the financial realities. Um, So, you know, as someone who has switched careers multiple times and also is, you know, I think a lot of our culture uh, being raised as Asian American, you're kind of taught that you should find one thing and get really good at it and like dedicate all your time to that, right? So I've already had a lot of kind of working through accepting that like that's just not the kind of person I am. But still, there is a little bit of that like reputation aspect where I thought, how would I feel going to a party and being like, hi, my name is Janet. So what do you do for work? Uh, I podcast, I kind of run a small business. Like, how do I feel about owning that identity, right? Mm-hmm. And there's definitely kind of like a social influencer aspect to what we're doing as well, which is something that I've been very open with you ladies that I feel very kind of like foreign with and I'm really proud of and happy to be a part of, but it's like one of those that I'm like, oh, this is like completely new, right? So for me, am I ready to switch my reputation over again to adopt this new identity to become a novice again? Um And one thing that I kind of did to kind of talk myself down from that was like, okay, stop thinking so much about the reputation of the thing, but more like, are you enjoying the activities of what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And and that was something that I I couldn't necessarily answer until I tried because we we were still working at our full-time jobs or whatever it was, like I needed to see if it would work. And then the second thing was also uh, wondering if I were to go into this full-time, where does this put my UX career, mm-hmm. right? I feel like UX was something that I finally landed on that gave me the stability I was looking for and was like the right to life direction. But I've always been the kind of person that I feel like the best opportunities are the ones that come and find me versus when I try to make a deliberate shift. So I, I thought about it more and I was like, well, this isn't really a question of like, 
am I going to do this? It's, it's, it felt kind of like I, I have to do this, right? Mm. Like, and, but it's more about how, maybe not, do, you know, like, and so we were, when we were talking about kind of going full time versus kind of coming up with other aspects, um, I, I think I also kind of thought about my UX career and I thought, you know, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. Like nowadays, a lot of people have careers where they, you know, are multi-hyphenates. They can do both. Um, and it, of course, there's only 24 hours in a day, but, you know, at times you can pause your UX career, work on a, a project or something like that, maybe pause that project and go for, you know, a couple of months to work on um, work on a freelance project. So I think understanding that there was that flexibility also gave me peace and calm to know like this is not you're not making like a forever decision. Right. But you need to be open to like what are the opportunities that are aligned right now for you that you might not ever see again. In addition to that and thinking about is this something that I want to do full time? I've talked about in our in some of our previous episodes, if I were to ask myself, like, what is my life purpose? I feel like it is to help people. Right. And Loki, I kind of think this is the real meaning, the purpose of everyone's life, but you don't want to push your agenda on anyone. I think I had to tell myself like, well, how I help people might take different forms throughout my life. Right. So once again, it's like not committing to have like I I feel like I have a tendency to look at what is my career? What is my job? What is my title? Is that perfect enough? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, does it accomplish Mm -hmm. everything I need it to? And it was just kind of talking myself through, Okay, don't think about those things. Think about do you enjoy what you're doing? Do you believe in what you're doing? Um, And then the last thing to consider is, can you do it? Mm -hmm. Meaning financially, can I make this work? And this is the part that is very stressful. I'm sure mm-hmm. most people, <laughs> finances can be incredibly stressful. The way that I kind of approached this was, I don't want to give like financial advice because I'm poorly, poorly qualified to do that. <laughs> but just, I'll just share with my personal approach was, I looked at my savings and I said, this pot I set aside, I refuse to touch, right? Like I will not dip into that. What do I have remainder or like set some sort of hard boundary on what you're willing to spend in going into your kind of like passion project or, or whatnot. And then I separately from that, I looked at my expenses. And I think that's something that we kind of did all together. And we, we thought it was a good exercise in trying to think about how are you spending? What can we cut back on? Um, so I went through that exercise. And then as a team, we all came together and talked about like, is there a way that we can pay ourselves a stipend? So I felt like it was, this is the most like open financial conversations that I've had with like any of my friends. <laughs> so I mean, it's in finance. We're, we're in a relationship, Janet. Right, That's exactly. No, that is a very good point because it's a very personal thing. But once you enter into this relationship with each other, finances do play a role, right? So my approach now is like, once we did all of that, I, I look and it's like, I will always want to be two to three months ahead of my my pot that I'm willing to spend going to zero. So I feel like we're very good about checking in and it's like, how do I feel now, right? Like, should we up the stipend for maybe G? Do, do we need to maybe like pause and I can go find like a contract job for a little bit or whatever it is, um, you know? And, and that's something that's like not hardly set in stone and we're still working through. But I think knowing that those were options also gave me like peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of go through this mental exercise of thinking through everything. But I always know that, like in my gut, like when an opportunity like this presents itself, like you said, like the divine timing where we all just happen to be together and everything is set up in such a way where we naturally have projects that are coming in and we have mm-hmm. listeners who want to hear things. You know, it, it becomes less about are you going to do it, but like how are you going to make this work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Janet, I'm glad you talked through like just the financial process of it because I think that's something that everyone thinks about when they think about leaving their financially stable job, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's important to think about what are your like two months out, three months out, how much time can you actually give yourself for this passion project that might not support you enough? Yeah. Um, and then I think just going back to what you're saying about just the identity part of it, like I definitely felt that way too but I think what's great is that we are sort of living and breathing the process of it rather than the outcome of it right because none Mm -hmm. of us as a team thought that we would ever 
ever, ever, ever be <laughs> quote unquote podcasters or in Put that on like, a business card, right? <laughs> <laughs> or like, or even in like this influential role that I think we're starting to believe that we can be in. Um, right. But we, we are able to sort of just build whatever feels comfortable to us, right? Instead of mm-hmm. defining what it is that, that we need to put ourselves into, if that makes sense. Like we yeah. don't, we, we can define what, what that is too. And then I think just going back to still that identity part, I will say that like after quitting a job that had defined me for 10 years of my life, like not having that identity is a really, really scary thing. Yeah. Because I know that I can always go back. Like when I left, it was on really good terms. They want me to come back if it's possible. But I think freedom is also a lot scarier than the idea of freedom itself. Because yeah. everyone thinks that grass is always greener on the other side, right? Freedom is what we want. We want to be yeah. self-employed. We want to build our passion projects. But there's a lot of like self-reliance and a lot of like pressure mm-hmm. that you have to put onto yourself if you want to prove that it was the right choice that you made. So everything that you said is like right along the same lines of how I'm feeling too with like all of this pressure that I'm putting onto myself of like, yeah. can we even do this? Is it even possible mm-hmm. to do this? Yeah. Are we, you know? And I think it's interesting that it's such a difference from Mel because Mel we've had conversations about this where Mm -hmm. when we talk about this being like a relationship she was like I'm so ready to jump in and sometimes having like she you said I appreciate you guys sharing with me your concerns and everything but sometimes it feels like it's like a relationship where I'm standing here saying I love you and you're and you're you know like ghosting me or like me, (laughs) (laughs) or like you guys both love ABG but it's sometimes like I'm like you're not you're not saying it back to me though you know yeah Um, yeah, yeah. but I understand the hesitancy though because like Janet I remember we're having I remember having this conversation literally on the streets of LA because I think I was like trying to check on an apartment and you you came to join me and we had like a 20 minute long conversation afterwards and you're saying like you know I'm a little hesitant because like all the things you listed prior like you know losing time to UX and you mentioned to me you know I feel like this transition it feels very natural for you and even Helen because you know you guys had the background of you know being an Asian American Oregon college or like even having some closer more work related with media because I think you know Helen obviously being engaged to someone who works in media and me working in digital media it feels like a very natural fit sometimes Mm -hmm. but Janet you're telling me like this feels like this is very new to me it's an environment you are still trying to adapt to and It's, it's really, it's, it's hard. Like it's, I can only imagine that kind of um, hesitancy and discomfort mm-hmm. because it, it does feel new. It feels foreign to some degree. But I think we, we, we were talking, we talk about this all the time, but saying how all three of us do have very different backgrounds in the end though. And like not all ABG listeners are like me or like Helen. So there's a lot of people who are like you, Janet, where I feel like it's very, very valuable your experience. Yeah. And for you to help people like in, in this way. For sure. Thanks ladies. Right back at you. <laughs> I just want to bring up this quote that I um, have from Tracy Ellis Ross on Oprah's Super Soul podcast. She said, the space between where I am and where I want to be is often the thing that frightens me the most. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of where we are right now. And her sort of way of approaching it, which I've been trying to also accept into my life, is about the goal of being whole. So if you don't feel whole, you're always going to feel like you're not enough. Instead of the idea of what you're supposed to be, being content with who you are today, right? Like for us starting this new venture and project with ABG, it's like, are we going to get there? Are we, you know, like, are we qualified for it? It's it's a lot of, I think, pressure and anxiety maybe that we put onto ourselves. But just mm-hmm. accepting that fact that like we are exactly where we're supposed to be and we are whole as ourselves right now does take off a little bit of that like pressure. And I think not like Helen, to your point about it, 
I don't, I might be paraphrasing, but it being about the journey and not the outcome. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think it's really helpful to think about like, are we enjoying what we're doing day to day, you know, week to week and not thinking about we have to achieve this particular goal. I mean, of course, I think financially we're all very pragmatic and like grounded in, in that being a thing, but otherwise it's, you know, focus on, on the experience of it. Stop you know what's interesting so too? We definitely, to have, <laughs> we definitely have a lot of like um, expertise that we're bringing to this too. Like, for example, Janet with your UX design and just like a lot of setting up the anchor stuff and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mel with the social media. I love Excel. So I went all over our QuickBooks, <laughs> building out our forecast and our budget. Yeah, she forecasted for us. And we did like a little a little screen share meeting over Zoom. <laughs> no, I think it's extremely helpful because like if you were to give me the financial models or the, the Excel, I'd be like, I don't like, I'm like, Helen, please explain word by word what this means and line by line. <laughs> I kind of like mispresenting that too. I was like, oh, this is what I used to do at work. Oh, uh, I'm glad we can be a little bit of that for you. I know. I'm glad I can still <laughs> implement um, the things that I've learned too. Yeah. Our own little business. Yeah, I definitely think we have, the three of us have an interesting special combination, special sauce, um, uh, because it's not just skill set. I think it's also personality, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a scary thing to enter into work with your friends, but we've been able to do it pretty well, like part-time-ish for like two years now. Um, and I actually think that that is a huge, like if we had jumped into this from nothing into full-time, it would have been very scary, right? But we had yeah. two years of learning how to work together, how to communicate, reading each other's styles so yeah and I do want to add to that Jana like I do think everything happens for a reason and I feel like we needed those full-time job experience to like help us work better with each other because I think we take a lot of skills from our corporate jobs like even just writing emails and learning how to like problem solve and communicate with each other because I think the one thing that all three of us do really well is we overly communicate all the time and are extremely transparent with everything because like, I don't know, I feel like we're very understanding of each other's situations. Like it's say we're having an off day, we'll like, you know, postpone something. When we go to colleges and um, college students ask us like, what if I don't like this internship that I'm at, right? Like it's just boring and you're, you're just like pushing paperwork. But it's like whatever you're doing at this very moment, and this goes to our listeners too, it's it's like take that time to really be in that moment and learn the skills yeah. that you're learning and even like interacting with people that you might not in- mm-hmm. typically interact with like learn how to communicate with them so many things have kind of built us up to where we are today that now mm-hmm. we can take this opportunity because we, we're kind of prepared for it to you know just fully go in all in on this Asian Boss Girl is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is offering classes, content, and community workshops so we can all feel a little more connected to ourselves and each other. Take this time to explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity with classes from Skillshare. During this time of social distancing and staying at home, take those classes and workshops that you've been putting off forever. On Skillshare, I've enjoyed classes such as Digital Illustration for All, where you can discover, cultivate, and share your unique personal style. Another one is learning how to style your space. And the last, Productivity Masterclass, creating a custom system that works for you. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com ABG and get two free months of premium membership. That's right. Skillshare is offering Asian Boss Girl listeners two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes. Head to Skillshare.com slash ABG. Again, that's Skillshare.com slash ABG. This episode is sponsored by Audible. As working women who are constantly on the go, we are big fans of consuming content in audio formats. 
Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. Every month, members get one free credit on any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. I don't know about you, but my girlfriends have been giving me the best recommendations. My college roommate Sally just told me about Dolly Alterton's Everything I Know About Love, and I can't wait to start it. It tells the story of a woman navigating her career in journalism while also balancing her social life, from figuring out dating while her friends are all getting married to learning how to deal with changing friendships. This audiobook is narrated by Miss Dolly Alderton herself, and I'm sure her narration is going to bring this story to life. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. Visit audible.com abg or text abg to 500-500. That's audible.com abg or text abg to 500-500. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So in terms of like having a moment where you knew that you wanted to leave your job, Mel, I know you've kind of took us through a little bit, but did you have like a specific memory that stands out? Let me think. I, you know, to be honest, like I never really wanted to leave Jubilee because I finally felt like I was financially comfortable. That's like a huge thing for me, like financially. And two, I found a job where I really thoroughly enjoyed going to work every day. So when I had that conversation with Jason to leave Jubilee, The biggest thing that popped in my head, I was like, crap, financial stability. I'm so scared of that. But luckily, Julie is really supportive and they are able to give me like some type of, I guess, like a severance type of um, package deal. So finances wasn't something I had to think about so heavily, but it was on the back of my mind because I think I moved to LA not having any money and... I feel like when I was working full-time with Julie, I finally got to a place where financially I'm like, yes, I could be very comfortable living with this amount for a while. But going to my severance package, I'm like, ooh, okay, now I need to adjust certain things. As we're kind of internally talking about, oh, if ABG can be a thing, like I feel like that question has been circulating a lot, even within from us, from friends. And I had this moment where I was reflecting on just like our group of friends, especially the ones who are entrepreneurs and afford a very, very comfortable life. And I think they probably make more than what I did at Jubilee. And I had this moment of like, why can't that be us? 
Why can't that be me? Why can't I have a job where I literally am an entrepreneur and make more than what I can make at a nine to five job, pushing someone else's agenda? And so I think as the idea started set in, it may even push me more further of like, yeah, let's try ABG full time. And when we made that decision, the only lasting fear I had was to tell my mom because I think, I feel like a lot of other Asian American people, like we seek approval from our parents because they're always so concerned about our financial like safety and stability. And I was so brought back to moments of when my mom was so upset with me of wanting to pursue a dream in LA because she kept honing in on like financially, finances, you're not getting paid enough, you don't have um, health insurance, all this stuff. So I'm like kind of haunted and traumatized from that fear when I first moved to LA. And I actually shared this with Jason and Jason was like, Mel, I understand your fear because I've been there, you know, I was scared when I started Jubilee, but doesn't that serve as an encouragement because you're able to make it out and be okay when you move to LA, like you're fine now. So what makes you think that you can't do that again? And I was like, well, shit, like you bring up a really good point. (laughs) But my answer would be like, well, I've been uncomfortable before. Why would I want to put myself in discomfort again? Yeah. And Mel, I would echo that. I think that's why when I walked through my thought process, I had so many thoughts and this decision was so big for me, even though we were like, just pay attention to the day and the week and don't look so far ahead. But yeah, because I've, you've kind of experienced the challenge before. Exactly. And you remember the feeling of like, I I don't like this feeling, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? Like he does bring up a good point. And with everything lining up, like timing, how it's uncanny. And like, you know, a part of me also felt like, I kind of want to tackle this challenge. I did it before, but if this is a fear deep down of being financially unstable for a while or try, while pursuing something I really care about, I was like, yeah, I guess I finally reached a point where I was like, let's game on. So the only thing left to do was to tell my mother. And I was like, oh, crap. So I called my mom. And luckily, we were talking. And the conversation happened to be, you know, she's gossiping about people. And she was saying like, oh, like, we have a family member that makes a lot of money. And their, fi- their family is like very financially well off. And all their kids are literally like, they're really like set to go. And my mom was like, I can't give your brother and you that because I'm, I'm not financially like a place where they are. But I am so proud of the fact that you and your brother are so self-made. And I'm so proud of you guys to be able to do things that you guys care about and be able to like support yourself and whatever. And I could tell she's so excited about ABG now that she's seen like the growth of it. So I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Um, I have something to tell you. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of, you know, speaking of self-made, um, I'm leaving my job and I'm pursuing it full time. <laughs> and she was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. And she's like, okay, you know, I support your, I support your decision. And she goes, if you, Helen, Janet, need anything, just let me know. I, I will, Aww. I could help you guys and, Aww. you know, financially, whatever. And I felt like that was just like, I got the blessing I needed to mm-hmm. really just like not worry about anything. Because I think my mom's, like, acceptance was such a huge factor for me, especially of going through all that stuff before. So I think after that, I was like, game on. Let's do this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's, it's funny because um, I called my mom, too. And I think the day I quit, I didn't tell her. Because, like, throughout my whole, I guess, my whole career, like, I would always let her know how much money I made and my raises and bonuses and all of this. And that was, like, a moment for her and my dad to just be, like, super proud, right? They'll, they'll be mm-hmm. like, wow, like, you're making so much, you know? And it's just, like, it felt, it was a good moment. And so I was kind of fearful to take that feeling away from them. Like, I would never lie to them mm-hmm. and tell them that, you know, like, oh, I'm making more still. Um, <laughs> but I told my mom, because actually I told my sister, and my sister was FaceTiming me, so it was on speaker, and I think she kind of just heard oh. it. And so she was the one that asked Annie. She was like, did Helen quit her job? 
Um, and Annie's like, yeah. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But then I, I told her um, maybe like a week later, I was like, yeah, mom, I quit my job. And surprisingly, she was just like, you know what? That's good. Like, you've worked too hard. Because mm. she also saw, mm. like, when I lived uh, in Boston for the first three years of working at my company, I worked at home and I was barely there for dinner. I would always be in my room, continuing to work or, like, staying in the office till super late. So mm. ever, ever since then, she knew that that was the type of lifestyle that I was living. Mm-hmm. And she would always say, like, don't work. She got to a point where she said, like, don't work too hard, but continue making the money. So I'm just like, okay, mom. Like, this doesn't work that way. <laughs> But I think she got to a point now where she's like, okay, yeah, you've been working too hard. Just, like, take a break. I was like, wow. That's the first time yeah. that she was, you know, very supportive of um, of me just doing whatever, you know, I wanted to do. So yeah. it was a nice moment, too. Where you kind of feel like a little bit of weight was lifted off your shoulders? Yeah. 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 It feels good that I didn't have to, like, hide it and mm, to just mm-hmm. have the full support of, like, family and friends. That yeah. felt really good. Yeah. Isn't it funny how even though we're, like, grown adults like Mm -hmm. the relationship that you have with your family and your parents and probably especially because of our culture is still so like impactful yeah Um, yeah I have a similar kind of thing with I've always been very transparent with my both my parents anytime I've made career switches and in hindsight I kind of was like oh I put him through hell like a roller coaster Mm -hmm. (laughs) of all this stuff um which is why you know later I've started learning to be very I try to be very like logical and planned when I talk to them now about changes because I don't want them Mm -hmm. to worry um and this particular time my dad also saw like my state of happiness when I would come home from my job and he was the one that was just like you probably should quit like just take some time off it's okay right and sometimes you're like are you just saying that or like yeah (laughs) um but I think at this point he kind of knew he's like I trust for what you do you'll you'll be fine just but take some time off take care of yourself so the quitting part was not as like drastic but telling him that I was going to be spending most of my time working on ABG was a hard conversation for me to have and I did it Mm -hmm. in a very like kind of casual um and very like regimented way where I was like oh you know so you know I have like more time now so I'm just gonna be working more on on the podcast and oh you know so we signed this like partnership and I'm gonna be doing that but don't worry like in a couple months I'll look for a job or like you know or like I told him like I thought about it and if I needed to take like if I wanted to still continue with my UX career I can take like a year off and then go back no problem right and all this stuff and I just kept like talking him through it like to be very measured and planned about it Mm -hmm. and then as I was leaving their house, like I was leaving the door to my car, my dad turned around and he was like, hey, don't stress out so much. Everything's going to be fine. And he looked at me and he's like, I listened to a couple episodes of your podcast. Whoa. It's really good. Oh, he's like, it's which really one? Good. Yeah. The commando one or which one? <laughs> but to me, that was a moment of like, yeah, because like my parents know about it. And, you know, he's he I think I knew that he had like he understood what we were doing. And my dad, funnily enough, actually was recognized at work by a younger coworker oh, whose girlfriend wow. listens to us. So I wow. think that's hilarious. I think, small, I think moments like that for him were like, oh, like this is something that is, is really yeah. is credible. Yeah, it's credible. People listen to you <laughs> to some degree. Yeah. Uh, and and also, like, I think he does really fully support the mission behind what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like my our parents came over, my parents came over um, and they've struggled a lot with their own personal, like cultural identity. And, and I think being able to connect with people like this is something that they, they do feel proud of, you know? Oh. So, so that was also for me a little moment of like a, oh, that must have been nice. So I like yeah. got in my car and I was like, did that just happen? I don't Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aww. It's like, we all have this like divine intervention of us quitting our jobs at the same time and having the support of our parents. It yeah. just seems, feels right. Ladies feels right. Mm-hmm. 
So now that we've officially started going in full time, let's give our listeners a little bit of a peeling back of the curtain of what our daily schedule looks like. <sighs> Ladies? <laughs> um, well, I think it's crazy because we were only really in full time mode for like one or two weeks before COVID mm-hmm. happened. So now we meet every morning at 1030 a.m. through a Zoom call on the weekdays. Um, we come with we have a an agenda for each day to do list. We take calls together. We ideate for what else we want to do for the following week. Um, so and then we go into like six or seven ish each day. So it's like a it's pretty much like a full day of work. Yeah. And sometimes if we're done just like talking to each other, then we'll just go off and do our own things, our own like tasks. Um, something that I love is that I no longer have to touch my work clothes. <laughs> which take up like half my closet. Like that is something that I didn't realize I would love so much because that, it just wasn't that comfortable. And I wore like the same things over and over again. I still have pants from like 10 years ago that I wore. Like I just didn't care too much about my work attire because you just work in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't like client facing too much, but when I was, I would dress up. But usually in the office, I'm just like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. So that is nice. I'm always in PJs. I'm always wearing the same black tank top or orange <laughs> tank top and maybe a blanket and shorts. It's great. Mel, what's your favorite part? Uh, well, I actually... Okay, so I do want to take them back real quick to when we actually were meeting in person that first week. Mm, right, right. I right. really liked it because, like, one thing I loved about working together when we had that first week of, you know, meeting in person. So our schedule back then was that we would all, like, we'd either meet at my place Jan or Helen would kind of alternate and meet in person, share this one little table and work on this table together. And it was super cute. And I had this moment where I was like walking to my car about to head over to Helen's to, you know, meet at like 1030 in the morning. And I was thinking, I was, I remember I was thinking in my head, I was like, I'm not thinking, oh man, I'm like running late to work or, oh man, I had to go to the office. It's, I had a thought of like, I am driving to meet with my coworkers who are my friends to work on something I truly care about and that was like a really sweet moment and it was like bright and sunny outside I was like wow like this is such a rare moment that I feel like not a lot of people get to have and I was like really cherishing this one moment I was like standing there by the sidewalk I was like hmm this is really nice Hmm. and it was super cute because back then we would like each of us would pack our own lunch and then we would like heat up our food take turns on the microwave or on the stove and then eat lunch (laughs) together on this one little table um so I think my favorite part really is to be working on something you truly care about with people that you love and like are friends with every single day. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I've actually, I know the COVID thing has been kind of, you know, put a wrench a little bit into everyone's schedules, but I feel like we evolved pretty easily and pretty well into our schedule. Uh, and it's actually kind of nice. I feel like um, the cadence of our day, because we start at 1030, I'm able to kind of get up a little bit earlier and, you know, do my own personal type things and then go into a meeting and have a lot of like social interaction with you ladies for, we usually meet for like two to four hours and then we kind of sign off and do our own solo things. And that type of like every, like having something change up in your day every like three to four hours has been really nice for me personally. I feel like it's been really productive. Yeah. And I feel like I've definitely just like found more time just for like, are like it's a very good balance what we have right now although i do think that when we come back together i think i'm still in the mentality of like we gotta work like super long hours but then this covid thing happened and i I, i'm still trying to find the right balance because i don't think i've ever Mm -hmm. really had balance in my life Mm -hmm. so it is a pretty hard like switch for me but this week i uh almost finished pachinko that's love the book (laughs) an amazing book it's like 400 pages long and i'm almost done with it and binge two seasons of you 
um, watched 23 episodes of Jane the Virgin. I feel like Mel has already watched all of these things. <laughs> so I can t- and then I started watching Eat to One Class, which I know Mel has watched as well. Yes. And, okay. I, start- <laughs> and I started playing Overcooked with uh, Philip on our Switch. So it's a mix of like new balance, new, not the, not the shoe company, but new balance <laughs> in my life plus COVID um, quarantine stay at home mm. that is like giving me a lot of just like free time now which is which is cool it's cool i've been trying out uh new cooking recipes so i've been mm. making more like large pot soups Ooh. which have been nice um and then at last for a couple meals doing more yoga although i found that a lot of the online yoga classes now have like they were free for like a week and then they stopped so mm. <laughs> oh man um i feel like there's a lot you can still find on on like youtube or jenna could just or jenna could just teach her own yoga class yes actually that's been a really fun thing too is that we have been experimenting more with like instagram stuff right so what used to be our meetings were more fully focused on things around our laptop and like kind of the business side i feel like because we're you know away from each other now we're have we're trying to create more like of the or do more of the creative and content creation stuff um Mm -hmm. so that is something that is is a little scary for me because it's like newish, but it's also uh, really fun and interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, as we're talking about like, you know, what we're doing now and like kind of like the status of ABG, I do want to share the fact that like, you know, all three of us are intending to make ABG, you know, a full time goal and opportunity for us but I think all three of us are really also cognizant of the fact that if you know financially we're not in a place where we can make this a full-time thing we will look at look at other opportunities to make ends meet because like I do think we all need to pay rent and survive but also knowing the fact that ABG is a priority for us and that is one of our long-term goals yeah I think for me it might be a little bit different like part of me can't help but feel like we are preparing ourselves for something much bigger for ABG right like even speaking in front of large audiences and even like feeling like we have something important to say and being comfortable with that that Mm -hmm. it's all I feel like preparing ourselves for some bigger like opportunity down the line I want this to be like the end goal whatever this is going to transform into I'm excited for what that's going to be and even if it's like we branch off for it to be like our own individual brands or identities or whatever it is like there I feel like there's something here that we can't step away from oh no no for sure I guess to add to Helen's point like I truly believe in ABG but I think because I'm such a dreamer I'm a Pisces I live in fantasy land I want this to become something where I could literally like live breathe and eat ABG Mm -hmm. but reality is like as a like a potential reality is like if I'm not gonna make rent for one month or whatever I need to think about how am I gonna feed myself for sure yeah and so that's always like in the back of my head yeah Yeah. and I and and I think we've been also very good with just being flexible with like okay let's what's the reality of it looking at it like Janet had mentioned earlier like let's look at our finances how long can we actually um last for given our current Mm -hmm. runway and all of this stuff so absolutely think that if it's in the best interests of like one of us to be like I, I think I need to look for a part-time job or a full-time mm-hmm. job I can't be in a position to say no to that you know what I mean yeah and yeah. I would say I kind of maybe rest somewhere in between Helen when you said you're kind of more you don't like to look too too far ahead and then Mel is you're dreaming but I think you do dream of kind of like big big picture um I I do also like both of you ladies I'm in this for the long game right and 
knowing that and seeing the potential of all the things that you listed, Helen, I think that I'm also someone who kind of, I look at the big dream and I try to figure out the bridge to get there. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that you want to budget more time for it, right? More more time and more resources. So knowing that my next couple of years could look like, yeah, moments where I have to step away to do a contract job or something and then come back. But the intention is always, once again, it's like something you can't really step away from. Mm-hmm. Like the opportunities here, we mm-hmm. are going to carry it forward. It's just a matter of how. Like that might look like a different thing this month and it might be different next year. So just trying to be open-minded into that, but knowing that like, is my heart in this and is is it in the direction? Yes. <laughs> it's just about how to make it happen. It's like a relationship. Yeah, yeah it is it's really a relationship so. because it's just like you, you want to make it work, you know, so you're, you're going to sacrifice, you're going to do things to make it, to get married. I don't know. What <laughs> is that, is that like season 10? I guess this would be a good place to plug that we do have, it's kind of like a Patreon, but it's on Anchor, which is our hosting platform. If anyone out there wants to support us financially, we do have a little donate button. Yes. And there are different options for uh, monthly donations. If you just go to anchor.fm slash abg dash Asian Boss Girl, we'll have it in the show notes. All right, I guess to wrap up this episode, I thought it'd be nice to talk about, you know, what are some goals and hopes we have for the future of ABG? One of the big things is we are going into video. You can see our faces! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so not only not only are we hoping to get our episodes up in video format, but we're also going to be working on some vlogs and miniseries potentially. So uh, keep an eye out. By the time this episode has come out, we will have uploaded a vlog on YouTube um, about our trip to New York. So go take a look at that. Miss Mel Mel edited that yes. herself. Self-taught. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, YouTube, for teaching me how to edit. <laughs> we are also going to be building out our merchandise. Our friend of the podcast, Jeanette Liao, is helping us to design um, a collection. So look out for that. Um, currently, we are stopping production on it just because there is no production for it yet um, until the, the whole COVID stuff um, kind of gets lifted. So keep your eye out for that, too. I'm excited for that. And I guess the last thing we want to focus on is... Um maybe growing our team. We do have uh, Michelle, our editor. Hi, Michelle. She's listening to us right now. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> and Hemi, who's our newsletter editor. And so we also do have a newsletter for those of you that don't know. You could find, you can sign up for our newsletter at asianbossgirl.com slash newsletter and just put in your email and you'll get our monthly newsletter. So simple. What a simple URL. That's great. Hi, Hemi. <laughs> <laughs> written by Hemi. Written by Hemi. She is a beautiful writer. It'll be a, a beautiful gift in your inbox every month from her. Yes. And additional member we are thinking about adding down the line is we do want to add a social media intern to our, our little team. Yeah. So just keep an eye out for a posting on our Instagram to apply down the line. And also just let us know in our DMs and our emails what you want to see from us. Because I feel like we've been super transparent with all of you about just our journey with ABG. And I feel like you're all like part of our team. So anything that yeah. you think, um, you know, would be helpful for us or something that we can pursue in the future to just grow this this little business of ours now that we're full time into it. Um, let us know either in the comments for this post on Instagram or through email, DM, 
all of the different platforms. And you can find us, uh, as always, on Spotify, iTunes, all of the podcasting platforms, abg-asianbossgirl. I guess by the time this episode comes out, we'll also be on YouTube, so you can search for us, um, Asian Boss Girl. And we have some recent partnerships, uh, one with BetterHelp, the world's largest online counseling platform, um, as well as Daily Harvest, a subscription food service, and Ritual Vitamin, uh, a vitamin subscription service. So if you guys would like some uh, discounts, you can see our codes and links in the show notes. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. We're super excited to be back with our first season. It's a little weird since we're all sitting in our own respective homes and we're not together, Um, but it's super exciting times and we're going to make this work. Yes. Thank you all for listening and we look forward to another fun season. Bye. Bye!